0: And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino.
1: Yeah, that's all fancy for. I'm in my home office with looking out at about three feet of snow on the ground here in Maine. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. We're here coming live at a different, a little bit different time. Usually we don't do shows on Friday, but, but rather Tuesdays and Thursdays at one, but we've got a really cool guest with us. We have the one and only Natalie Pace. And um, she's the co-creator of the Earth Gratitude Project and the author of this amazing new book out there called The ABCs of Money for College. She's also the author of The Gratitude Game, the ABCs of Money, Put Your Money Where Your Heart Is. I mean, there's so, you versus Wall Street, that's another one. Uh, she's been ranked as the number one stock picker above the 835 A-list pundits. Did I say that right, Natalie? 835 yep. A-list pundits?
2: <laughs> and by 835.
1: 835, yep, by an independent tracking agency, Tip Traders. That's a big one. Um, and I love this. The ABCs of Money remained at or near number one um, in investing basics ebook on Amazon for over three years, with over 120,000 downloads and an average five-star ranking. That's amazing. And Thank you. your information is amazing. So let's let's talk about this new book, The ABCs of Money for college. What made you write write this one?
2: Well, we have $1.5 trillion in student loan debt. And I have a lot of parents that would come to the retreat and they would, you know, ask me about, you know, their college experience for their kids. And what I discovered is that by the time the child is already applying to college, parents are so set in their ways of what they think this college experience is going to be that it's really hard to get them to rethink it, so I wanted to write a book that would allow parents to start when their child is in elementary school, or even when they're born, because that's really when you want to start preparing. And if you know, if you have a Thrive budget in place, 10% can be going into college funds. Um, you know, there's so when you start planning early, then college doesn't have to have the massive student loan debt. But also, when you start planning early and start planting the seeds of, um, not college experience, like the, you know, get away from your parents and party with your friends, but more (laughs) as, you know, that life is this beautiful journey and experience, and that college is just the first time that you get to go out on your own to do something new. Um, it, it can be really rewarding. It can, you can get a better, um, you could actually be in a position where college pays you instead of uh, drains you. So there's all kinds of things that can really change when you get the information that you need. If you don't get the information you need and you just follow what everybody's doing, then it's, it's already proven to be quite disastrous. The dropout rates are um, high as 40% on an aggregate uh, if you're going to a trade school, they're much higher than that. If you're going to Harvard, it's much lower than that. So um, understanding the, school, the process that's right for you and starting early and allowing for it to meander and change and evolve, but in a conscious and um, data-driven and time-proven way is really important.
1: So the book is very I love the fact that the book is very conversational. It's not like a like a textbook. It's, it's real life real advice uh, to help parents and, and college age kids or even younger a little bit navigate this this sort of unknown that feels like if you're not, if, if you're not aware, you know it can make you feel like what you're supposed to do rather than maybe what yes. you actually want to do.
2: Well, even what we've seen in, you know, the college admission scandals is that it's not even what we think we're supposed to do. It's actually become kind of like bragging rights, right? Like, oh, I got yeah. into so-and-so. Where did you get in, right? And yeah. um, that that kind of thing is, you know, the, the, it's, it's almost like our, what our issue used to be with fairy tales, you know, that they would always talk about the courtship and the romance and the engagement. And they never talk about the days after you finally get married, where it really is adjusting to somebody else in your life. Well, the problem with this whole college experience, and I got into blah, 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 is that, you know, the dropout rate is high, the debt load, the kids are graduating with a degree they're in, that, that they're not able to utilize immediately just because of the way the labor market is. Yes, it's a low um, unemployment rate, but we've actually replaced a lot of high-income um, jobs with a lot of low-income jobs, like gig economy jobs and Uber drivers, et cetera. And that won't even pay necessarily for your student loan. It definitely won't pay for your student loan, your housing, and all of the things that you need to go out and be on your own. And so we have seen a trend back towards intergenerational housing, kids moving back in with their parents. Um, And so we have to, we have to know what happens in college and after college, not just be blindly driven by where did I get in?
1: Yeah, I agree. You, you just hit on something that's occurring in our house where we have, um, a college graduate and a working 24 year old and they are both here and they're both here because the it's really tricky to go out on your own and afford rent uh any kind of you know car insurance uh health insurance you know Go down, you know, go down the yeah. things that are, it's tricky. Um, it, it seems like it it's got not, very... it's
2: not tricky. It's, impo- it's impossible. You yeah. are I, a... I
1: think it's impossible, but I, I
2: hesitated to say that. No, it's, <laughs> but... it, it is impossible. So if you uh, graduate from college and you have to pay your college loan and then you get a place to live, which is unaffordable in most cities. I think it's something like 70% of the um, people living in a city can't afford to actually rent or own there. Um, right. And then you get your health insurance, and then you get your car, and you get your huh. car insurance, and then all of a even. sudden, you, yeah, it, all of that, that is not going to even add up to what you get paid, but you would have to put food on credit cards, so it's impossible, but the, the good news about all this is that if you rethink everything and you have a smarter plan, then it is possible, but it has to involve a smarter plan. Can I
1: can I bring you back to one of your other books, but a really a thing that you always teach, just so people yeah. um, have this as a tool on the show? Can you talk about your uh, your Thrive method, your uh, Thrive budget, yes. Thrive <laughs> Thrive? Yeah, here we go. Yeah. She so, invented Thrive before uh, Thrive was possible. <laughs> uh, really yeah, super the thrive, popular. <laughs> the Thrive
2: budget's been around for twenty years before Thrive yeah. Global. Thrive the movie and all this thing. Um, So the Thrive budget, what I discovered um, about 22 years ago when I was a young single mom is that, um, you know, I I was divorced, right? And all of a sudden you have Mm -hmm. two households and the same income. And I was reading all of the personal finance books that told me I should be cutting out cafe lattes and all this sort of nonsense. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I haven't even had ice cream for years. (laughs) So this is obviously not a good plan that's going to work. And so what I realized is that if I was going to save my home and my home was under, I, when we divorced, I got the home, mm-hmm. but the home was actually underwater. The value of the home was higher. I mean, lower than the mortgage <laughs> and by a lot, it wasn't <laughs> little. Right. And then yep. we didn't, I didn't have enough to pay the mortgage and the property tax and all this sort of stuff. So what I realized is that um, my solution was actually simple. Getting there was going to be require brave choices. So in any solution, like if you have a debt problem, if you have a credit card problem, chances are you're not really a, a shopaholic because wages have stagnated for 20 years and um, all of the basic needs costs have gone astronomical, you know, housing, transportation, health care, health insurance, all that sort of stuff. So what I mm-hmm. realized is the solution is actually simple. You have to make more money and you have to spend less, but getting there has to require actually smart strategies. It's not cutting out cafe lattes that might save you hundreds if you really are going to Starbucks every day, but chances are you're not and chances are what you really need to fix are the big ticket items. So what I did as a single mom to fix the spending end is I actually teamed up with another single mom. And we got a bigger place in a better neighborhood where my son really needed to go to middle school because we had to put him in public school. And um, I got a bigger place for about a third of what I would spend if I had done it on my own. I also had uh, child care for free. So did she. We split off cooking. And actually cooking for four is not that much more expensive than cooking for two. And um, all of these added benefits from there, then I started doing the other side of increased income, and I knew that and increasing my income was not going to be a matter of working more hours, but it could be a matter of money while I sleep. So I began educating myself on investing, and by the way, that involved a process of avoiding the recommendations of a quote-unquote certified financial planner who would have wiped out everything because he wanted to put be- me in he wanted to put me in the market in August of 2000 and he wanted to put me into Enron and telecom and AOL and dot-com um, and all these things. If I had invested on his plan, I would have lost at least 80% of everything. Yep. Instead of doing that because I did not believe, I didn't know he was a salesman. I didn't know that he was paid as a salesman, paid on commission. I just thought that, um, that what he was saying didn't make sense to me. So rather than than, um, just going with something that didn't make sense to me, I educated myself. And then in 2001, and believe it or not, 2001 August, I actually invested heavily because a lot of people don't realize this. The recession started in 2000. By 2001, markets had already dropped significantly. And when I invested in August of 2001, by December, late December of 2001, I tripled my money. And so wow. at that point, all of my girlfriends were, you know, cause I lived in Santa Monica, everybody else was a lot more rich than me. And by that, I mean, rich and powerful. And, you know, one of them, um, you know, they were big, they were big time girls. And yep. they came to me and said, look, our husbands and our brokers lost everything. We want you to teach us what you know. And at that point, I didn't know if I could teach them what I knew, but I was willing to try and from there, the world universe just exploded. I, you know, started mm-hmm. the Women's Investment Network. I met Steve Forbes. I met a Nobel Prize winning economist who thought my economic theories were merit, worthy of merit, who wrote the, first, um, the forward to my first book. So, the, you know, this was just the path that I was meant to be on. And it kind of, uh, so that's a long way of saying that the Thrive Budget is a simple <laughs> strategy to Love transform it. your life. And it just as it transformed my life. I had to live my way into the answers and then I developed a system that would be very helpful for anybody. So um, it's easy, the the idea is easy, but it does require brave choices, 50% to survive and 50% to thrive. So if you and your son do end up coming to my February retreat and you learn a little bit more about this, then him living with you for now will be a calculated plan rather than what he had to do.
1: Well, I want I to tell you something about you, if you don't know this already, but we've listened to you for a very long time because you have uh-huh. been the every year you since I started. remember those phone calls where I was like, Yeah, oh, I think I need a little bit of help, and you helped me. And I think that is so cool um, of you having gone through everything that you've gone through to turn around in 2004 and, and, and do what you did for somebody else at that moment and, and, ha- and have kept doing the, all these years. It's, it's pretty amazing, but our whole family has always done the magazine. Uh, we put remember we did a best ever you magazine and put your yeah. budget in there and all your information. Well, we've lived by that for a really long time. So we walk wow. your talk as well. So, so does Connor. Wow. And that's why, that's why Connor has so has money saved. Wow. Isn't that cool? So we will come to your yeah. retreat if we can, but we, we are examples of, of your program in motion working. And if that makes can sense. I
2: just say something? This is really smart because Connor has student loan debt, right?
1: Not very much.
2: But um, he does he have has some. A lot, he of, has some. A, lot, a lot of people say, I will start investing after I pay off debt. And because no. you guys have read The Thrive Budget, you have read my books and you understand this, you mm-hmm. have to start investing now because people do this simple math and they say, oh, well, I might not earn a gain or blah, blah, blah. My, my um, you know, the interest rate on my debt is X, Y, Z. That's the simple math. They're forgetting to include the compounding effect. They're forgetting to include the fact that if you, you know, a lot of people never are out of debt and there's good debt and there's bad debt. We can talk about that later. But the bottom line is, If you just put 10% of your income in a tax-protected retirement account, and that earns a 10% gain, you're going to have more money in that account than you earn within seven and a half years. And within 25 years, your money will make more than you do.
1: (laughs) He's been working for two years and has used their 401k, maxed out his contribution and theirs. Good. And it's Good. And that's it's a pretty funny, nice,
2: right? You always want to yeah. get that
1: match. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. We hear him, he'll come in the in the living room and you like, Do you realize how much money I have in this account? I'm like, Yes, I do <laughs> okay. And and we go back here and we have little discussions about, you know, the the fifty percent, fifty percent. And so it just it makes me smile a little bit because you know, he's a really interesting Connor. We're talking about you, and I know, and and I know you're not totally thrilled, but you're open to it. <laughs> but you know, he he's an example of one of those kids yeah. who, in his junior year of college, didn't want to go to college anymore, and he just flat out said, "No, I'm not going to continue on graduating." And um, I don't think I I don't think any of us, including him, really realized that wasn't his path out of high school. I think it was just sort of like, "Yep, yeah, okay, go to college, you know, kind of thing." And I think he figured yeah. it out at college that it wasn't for him. And I think I think it happens both ways. Some people out of high school know and sometimes in college, you know, you shift well, you also, shift gears a little bit.
2: Know. His path is not complete yet. I mean, he might work no. a little bit and then realize that he hits his head on a glass ceiling and he needs a degree in order to break it. And that then that's going to really be a motivating factor for him or he might have more of a trade where he doesn't need it and he really loves it. And, you know, you you can't you cannot underestimate just how important it is to love your life. Oh, I love that.
1: Thank you for that because that is so- that is so important rather what college you graduated from or, or any of it. Don't you yeah. think? That's what I've learned in being a mom, you know, I you see you just encounter so many different things and you do see those people out there who will come right up to you and go, Well, my kid goes to, you know, Stanford or whatever and I'm like, Well, I'm so happy for you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah why good. doesn't Good. Well, you know, we now know the value of that, right? We have a bunch of actresses. So my child goes to U.S. Oh, with fake underwater basket weaving classes, and
1: God, I don't know what else. Oh, poor, poor kids. Yeah, I don't even know how to comment on that appropriately. Um, wow, huh? <laughs> I don't. I just. I don't want to get in trouble, and I. I just. I've kept my mouth closed on that because I just am like, ooh, you know. You, I,
2: it, desperation. does interesting things. Yeah. But you know what? That's the, that's the thing where we can have empathy because the yeah. truth is, every parent today, if you just listen, allow yourself to be sucked into groupthink, every parent feels that desperation. Not every parent would go to the lengths and break the law the way those parents did, but every parent feels it. Like, oh, let's. You know, I sure hope you get into your best place. And and, and if not, you know, they're really devastated and they're distraught and they're worried and all these sort of things. Whereas, you know, actually not getting into your uh, number four choice, number one choice, the odds of you getting in there because the competition these days is so stiff, is so low that you shouldn't allow that to weigh on your heart. You know what I mean? It'd be like me worried about... You know, gee, why in the world can't I be the best um, housekeeper in the world? You know, well, I don't know how to clean houses very well. That's just not, that's a pipe dream that's (laughs) never going to happen for me. You know, I could think of something, you know, why, gee, I hope I could go and perform brain surgery on somebody and cure them. Well, no, I would never even try that because statistically, I've never been trained to do that. So, you know, why are you going to be distraught about something that has such a low probability of happening?
1: Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. The um we we actually have a question as we're on here. Um people want to know if student loan debt is okay or not. That's general somebody people have asked the same question a couple times now. You know, what's this yes. what's, what's up with okay, student loans?
2: So, all right. So here's the thing. In general, investing in education is a good investment. The problem is that the cost of that has gone astronomical. So I would say you really need to read the ABCs of money and do your best to get a better degree for half the cost so it's not that student loan debt is not um, in general investing in education is good debt it's the amount that is crazy so you have to do the math on it what kind of job are you going to get should you go to Harvard and get a basket weaving degree no that does not add up should you go to Harvard and get a degree in, um, you know, maybe go on to their medical school. That might add up, but it might also not. I know doctors who have $250,000 in debt, and they feel like they can't buy a house. They make $250,000 a year, and they still feel like they can't buy a house, or they might not even qualify to buy a house in certain neighborhoods. So you have to do the math these days, but the good news is, that again, the the, the uh, question is simple: is it good or bad? It's not good nor bad. You must do the math. It's um, is uh, trade school debt good? Mostly no, because the uh, graduation rate for trade schools might be twenty percent. That's not a mm. good investment because the odds of you even graduating are so low. You know, um, so again, you have to really start understanding that this is a journey. And if you just go and apply and then go and sign on the dotted line for the loans and that sort of thing, chances are that's going to be, um, sadly, it's heartbreaking. It's a nightmare for the college graduate, a complete nightmare. So you have to do it very differently. And fortunately, especially if you're able to start when your child is a tween or a teen if you've actually saved up in your college loan, uh, I mean, in your college fund, then, um, you know, maybe you're not going to have – even if even with the prices so as high as they are, maybe you're not going to have them graduating with the amount of debt load as their colleagues. So between uh, learning how to get a better degree for half the cost and having a college fund and even maybe understanding – I've also known people – Instead of being the renter, like um, one of my family members went to medical school, she rented a room from her, her, one of her classmates. The classmate bought the, um, the, it was, you know, just a little house that had maybe four bedrooms in it. She rented out three bedrooms. And so her cost of living for housing was that she actually got paid. So oh, nice. rethinking everything is a very good strategy. Investing in. An education for certain professions is essential. There's no way you're going to get to be a surgeon without an education. There's no way you get to be, um, you know, a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, there are many uh, computer scientists. Um, but on the other hand, guess what? The, the, it's funny because I also include in there the jobs of tomorrow. The jobs of tomorrow, guess what the number one and two jobs are? You probably already know this, Elizabeth, but, you you know, you did read my whole yeah. book, um, whole 130 <laughs> pages, so you might not remember. But do you remember what the top two uh, fastest-growing jobs in America are?
1: I don't, but I want to guess if I can. I, I can't okay. remember what okay. they are, but I saw another thing on TV the other day. I'm going to guess they're somewhere in the lines of something technical, maybe computer okay. programming maybe cybersecurity, you know, those types of jobs. Am I right, Ron? Yeah, no, nope.
2: Nope. And, and that would have been the case maybe five years ago, but not today. Although having um, an understanding of computers and social networking and all this sort of stuff, that's almost a given now, but being an mm-hmm. actual computer scientist, it's still, it's still a, a, a profession where you're going to get a job, don't get me wrong. But the fastest growing are wind turbine specialists and solar panel installers. That makes
1: a lot of sense, actually. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, trades. So, you know, a trade might be right for you. So who knows? Um, I, uh, I just wanted to, you know, let, let you understand that. That, in, And by the way, with trades, oftentimes being an apprentice and getting the certification is going to be better than the trade school because they have such a high dropout rate at at most of the for-profit universities. So it's really important to be educated um, and to enter this process with a plan rather than just go. And even, um, it's funny, I don't know if I included this in the book, Elizabeth, but um, they also give you those tests where they try to tell you what your personality is matched with what (laughs) career, right? So yep. guess what they said my personality is matched with um, with being a doctor. So when I first went to school I I'm enrolled in in pre med. But guess so what I. guess what did not show up on that is um, I'm I faint when I see blood. I have the same tap
1: here. I was like oh I can't do that. Yeah I match the yes. same thing doctor. And then went through a little bit of it. I'm like, um, yeah, I got two things wrong here. I do not like that kind of gore, the blood type thing. But also I felt it was so sad in cases. I could, I just, uh, it was too much for my, me. I thought it was sad. Yeah. 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 I don't know.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, you may have a few more questions for me, but I do want to say that's one of the reasons why gap year can be so um, highly correlated with success in college is that you allow yourself a year in the real world to discover really what you like to do and to understand a little bit more about budgeting and income and all those sort of things now um, I know you had a question that I think is very relevant for everyone Elizabeth that we talked about a little bit more on your video show I don't know if you want to share that one too but your fear around the gap year no.
1: Yeah, you know, with gap years, I feared this, I this is actually something I thought in my own, you know, world here with four boys, that, well, you know, they're boys. If I do a gap year, they're never going to go to school, really. Yeah. I, I just felt like that's a path of like, you know, and again, that's a really complicated sentence because that, assumes they're going to school, you know, on my part, that's some real faulty logic thinking there (laughs) in a variety of ways. But, but it is that, that crossed
2: my mind. But it's an example of what the group think is. So the group think is get that you want to be able to brag about where you got in, that you can't possibly, you know, you just got to shoot them right out of high school and directly into college. Otherwise they're going to completely miss the boat. Well, you know, why in the world then did Michelle and Barack Obama allow Malia, who had been accepted at Harvard, to take a gap year? Because it's super highly correlated with success in college. And if you get into, look, if you manage to get into the college, your dream come true college, and you get a scholarship, and everything's going to add up for you, accept it. And if you want the gap year, then just say, I'd like to go the the next year, just like Malia did at Harvard. But um, Mm -hmm. if that's not the case and you're looking at your third or fourth choice and you're not really sure what you want to do, you know, you might consider a gap year and coming back and and starting at the junior college level where you can get um, general ed out of the way, where you can experiment in a few different um, disciplines of academic disciplines and see which one you like, you know. (laughs) I,
1: yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. And then the other, the other thing we've got going on in our house right now is Quinn. Our, so that's our third oldest. He's 22. He just graduated from Plymouth State University in New Hampshire with a degree in atmospheric science and chemistry, and he has gone right into graduate school at Mississippi uh-huh. State. But it's not graduate school. Leave the house. It's graduate school online. Now yes, there low is a massive yes. savings in housing costs.
2: Yep, yep. And again, you want to rethink all these things, whether it is um, low residency or um, owning the owning the place. Right, right now, just honestly, folks, I would in most cities I would not be buying real estate, and I would not be buying it to rent it out, just because you know you could have a capital loss on your hands in a couple years. So mm-hmm. I know ne- I you never want to buy an asset high. But um, in the in the right business cycle, that could be the best answer, too, is to, you know, pick up a place and your rent is free and everybody else pays you, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, yeah. It's, it's really super interesting to not have the housing costs associated with college and be going to school online. So I, I find that um, because people because people are loaning out the housing too. So let's say you go to a school and it's $65,000 a year. Well, part of that might be the housing involved too. So it's a, it's a pretty big, you know, you know, uh, expense. The other thing I know that you've mentioned also are state schools. Do you want to talk about, about that? Like ways to, ways to not have college costs so much is sort of what I'm getting at.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, look, the bottom line is that you have to do the math on the career that, that you're going to be graduating from, the school, all that. If you're super motivated and you're going to Ivy League and you've been accepted and you had your college fund in place, you're going to graduate with a great degree that you're pretty sure you can be employed in. and you know, Your student loan debt is going to be super manageable because you had you know a college fund. That's one thing, but that's really not most people. So for most people, what you really want to do is to rethink it all. Because there is a 40% dropout rate, it's much easier to get into a better university as a transfer student. If you kill it in your, college, your local uh, junior college, like I did and like my son did, then like for me, I mean, so again, I'm not, this is not a theory. This is actually what I did. Um, so I had started out pre-med. it was not the right choice for me. I had a bit of a gap and when I went back, you have to go to junior college. I was living in Santa Monica. It's a great junior college. It has a transfer guarantee program into the UC system. It also has a close relationship with the USC, University of Southern California. So mm-hmm. you know you might be, Even considering, well, maybe I should move, if I want. my ultimate goal is to end up at Harvard, maybe I should try to go to a junior college that's close to Harvard. Maybe they have a TAG program. Um, So you might actually think about moving out of, you know, where you are. Um, Again, this is all part of the mix. But the truth is that if you can really get your general ed out of the way in either a state college or a junior college, And if you can actually, sometimes even you could take um, the lower end of the units, like I would say, if you need to take a little more time to get straight A's, do it. A lot of people just say, oh, well, I want to graduate as fast as I can. And they don't care about their GPA just so that they can not have that extra year of college debt. I think it's a better idea to take the first two years or two and a half years or maybe even three years at a junior college with the um, lowest, um, you know, units that you need to excel and always take one credit that you can really excel at easily. And then as it was with me, when I I was graduating um, then getting my AA at Santa Monica college, but I had a 4.0, I had a, a straight A's. I got the Dean's scholarship at USC. My student loan debt was $8,000
0: and my degree
2: yeah. is at USC. They don't say, oh, well, where did you go to junior college? They just say, what's your alma mater? It's USC. Yeah,
1: I I did a little bit of that, too, um, going to Scott Community College in, in Iowa and then ended up graduating from Ambrose. So, yeah, I completely get it. But, you know, it was just so much cheaper to knock out some of the basic credits that you knew would transfer in. And um, yeah. being out on my own and things like that, you know, there, there wasn't a, a – person writing checks on my behalf for school or anything like that. It was all me and, um, and trying to figure it all out. So, you know, when it's like that, it, it, it becomes a little bit different on how you approach it. And I, and I love that thinking. And I think that thinking still applies to today. And that's just my opinion, but um, it's, I just think your book is brilliant and I'm so glad that this is out there as a resource for people. And I hope people go by it. And I just want to remind people um, it's called The ABCs of Money for College. And remember, Natalie's the author of several books about, um, fi- you know, finance and personal finance and investing and so forth, including The Gratitude Game, The ABCs of Money, Put Your Money Where Your Heart Is, and then also You, you versus Wall Street, as we mentioned at the top of the show. Um, Natalie, you have... I also want to mention your website nataliepace.com and then earthgratitude.org. Natalie's also one of our 2020 thought leaders on Best Ever You. Before we go out of respect for time and so forth, do you want to talk about um, you and on our video show you mentioned about retreats and then also we were able to touch on the gratitude game as well. Um, and then any yeah. kind of anything else we're missing here as we as we kind of wind up the show here because you've got you've really got to meet things and I loved. Your social media posts, too, that are out there. You're on Twitter, at Natalie Pace, and then very accessible yeah. on Facebook as well. And that she has a, I'm not going to, please correct me, interrupt. It's like a new year, new year, 21 day. Is that part of the gratitude ah, game?
2: yes. I love yes, that. Yes, definitely do that. Okay, so, so three things, gratitude is- game, that, and retreats. Go. (laughs) Yeah, so um, uh, the New Year, New You program, 21 Days to a Healthier, Wealthier, More Beautiful You, is actually a part of the gratitude game. So we can do two in one shot. But um, this is free. So, all of your best ever You community, this is the time when we can really set up our whole year. And the audio program that is free is based on. The Gratitude Game. Now, The Gratitude Game is a book I wrote to help you implement the strategies outlined in the ABCs of money and put your money where your heart is. So it is a 21-day program. The book itself is designed a chapter a day. The difference between this free audio program, which is based on the book, The The Gratitude Game, is that this is mostly focusing on the mindset. So, and that's a big part of it. Like if you can't see it, you cannot manifest it. The truth is, even if you can see it, you can't manifest it if you don't take action. So that's the difference between the free audio program and the book. So you may want to, after you do the free audio program, if you really like it, you believe in it, then you may want to go back and do the full program that's going to include an action plan. So I always say you need the mindset, you need the tools the toolkit, and you need the skill set. And then I always say, my dreams inspire my direction, but my footsteps take me there. So you have to act. So anyway, to get the 21-day program, all you have to do is email info at com, In the subject line put, please send me my free gift. That's it. That's all you have to do. There's no strings attached at all. Um, And I strongly encourage you to do it. It's very easy. You listen to it five minutes in the morning because you want to be thinking that way all day long. It's mm-hmm. a mon- a daily mantra associated. Nice. So every single day you're going to have a different mantra. And again, these are mantras that are associated with prosperity, wealth, abundance, health, all of those things that we all want to create in 2020 for ourselves. Now, if I, if you give me a second, I'll talk about the retreats. So um, most people, this we're in, we're entering the tw the 12th year of the current bull market. We're in a lot of asset bubbles. The last time we had this kind of asset bubbles and we had um, the debt is astronomical compared to where it was in 2000 or 2008. Most people lost more than half of their retirement. So if you have a 401k or an IRA or even a managed uh, brokerage account, right now is the time to know what you own and why you own it and to make sure you protect your assets. If you want to do that right now, then come to a three-day retreat. If you wait for the headlines that the economy is in trouble, it will be too late to protect yourself. Because by the time the politicians admit that we're in a recession or admit that the economy is weakening, most of the losses have actually already occurred. So now is the time to, as I say, fix the roof while the sun is still shining. Come to a retreat. I have February in Florida. There's only a few seats available. Call 430-2397 Four three zero two three nine seven or email info at nataliepace.com. You can go and see the fifteen things you'll learn on a flyer on the homepage. You can also read testimonials, as um, Elizabeth was kind enough to point out. I have the enthusiastic recommendation from Nobel Prize-winning economist TD Ameritrade chairman Joe Moglia and over 120,000 people who've downloaded my books and transformed their lives. So, join us. We really want to protect your assets and beautify your bottom line. And the retreat will get it done. You'll learn the ABCs of money that we all should have received in high school. You'll implement them there at the retreat. And you'll go home with a plan that's easy to implement. Um, It earned gains in the last two recessions when most people lost more than half. It outperforms the bull markets in between. And it is not a trading or it's not a second job. It's not PhD in economics. It's literally easy as a pie chart. You
1: know, I, I want to. Okay, so you know how sometimes whenever when anybody is saying anything like, "Come to my retreat for financial this or that," or "Come sit for my lunch," or you know, all that stuff that people do, I really want to sift right through that and cut to the chase with your stuff because your stuff is different than that. Can you
2: explain
1: you. that so people aren't fearful? Let's lose the fear. Lose the, I'm scared of this and everything because it's Natalie. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> well,
2: the the difference is easy. It's time proven. Yes. So a lot of people like if you go to your existing broker, even if they lost half. And by the way, most of you um, listening, if you know, unless you're a millennial and you haven't been working for 12 years, um, you remember that. Now your broker will say, "Oh, well, you g- gained it back." But we also lost 78% in the dot com recession. This is a strategy that I started developing in 1998. I avoided the dot-com recession. All of my friends came to me and asked them to teach uh, me to teach them what they know because they lost so much. I, I developed the strategies and started teaching them, and around the world, that attracted a lot of attention. In 2008, in the Great Recession, plumbers, um, office administrators. If you look at the testimonials, these are real people who implemented a strategy that was easy enough for me to draw a picture on a napkin. And they earned gains instead of losing more than half. So the difference is time proven. If you have a salesman that's managing your account, then they will tell you a lot of things to try to confuse you like, oh, well, nobody knows. And um, there are different ways of valuation. There's all kinds of sales pitches that they have for where we are in today's market, but nobody has the time-proven results. Perfect.
1: All right, Natalie. It has been a a joy on video and now a joy on audio speaking with you today for the past probably about an hour. We spent an hour together today, (laughs) maybe a little more. Um, And I, I really appreciate your time and energy in doing this. Um, and and accommodating us with the different uh, methods that we're trying to deliver this information to our audience here in Best Ever Use. So, again, um, we have Natalie. um, I'm I'm just trying to be aware of the different ways that adults learn. And so as soon as we leave today, later, you know, in the next hour or so, I'll be putting out Natalie's information, and it will be in blog format, it will be in video format, and it will be in audio format as well, so that you can pick all three, you can pick one, however you learn the best, um, as, as an adult, adult, I'm, i am just, in my experience, adults sometimes learn differently than kids do, and, um, it's just nice to have the different formats, so, um, Natalie, thanks for, for playing along there in our games today, Yeah. <laughs> to, to record all of this, and, um, yeah, everybody, I yeah. And I so everybody, Amazon. Uh, Natalie's got this amazing page on Amazon. It's got all of her books there. And the ABCs of Money for College, it's available for like $3 and something in Kindle and like $8.99 for the paperback. It's there. It's affordable. And it's really good information. So I hope everybody goes there and, and uh, gets this fabulous tool to help them be their best. Right.
2: Thank you. Thank you so, Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Yeah, <laughs> it's you, really Natalie. a delight to be with you.
1: Yeah, it's it's super fun to be with you too, Natalie. And um, you're always a true joy. And we appreciate you. So all right, everybody. Um, thank you very much for listening. We all know that I do not like to end radio shows ever. If you go on and on and on, because our guests are amazing and you all are amazing. Um, but I'm just going to close with this and just say thank you for listening. As you know, Best Ever, you have several million downloads, and that's all because of you. Uh, this is not a an advertised show. It's not anything like that. It's all completely grassroots. There's no fake clicks no fake likes no fake anything no bot traffic no nothing it's all just you guys so that's meaningful it matters and it matters when you embrace our guests and I can't say that enough over and over and over again just please embrace our guests tell somebody it's how it works tell somebody you heard all about Natalie and her book and it goes from there so thank you all very much for listening and uh, we definitely appreciate you. Visit us at besteveryou.com. Thank you, Natalie Pace. NataliePace.com, everybody. Thank you,
0: Thanks for, for listening yeah, to the Best a- Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You.